Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Here's Alexis Sanchez. What a finish. Walcott's going to go through and score. Into the middle. Giroud is two. Hi, I'm Russell Hargreaves, welcoming you to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of the 21st of March 2016. On this week's show, Alex Iwobi stops by to talk about his rise to the first-team squad. Arsenal ladies legend Faye White speaks about her glittering career, while we also hear from current ladies star Alex Scott, and we speak to March's Guna of the Month. But let's kick off with the weekend review. Arsenal were in action for the lunchtime kickoff back on Saturday when they travelled to Goodison Park to face Everton. And they got off to the perfect start when Danny Welbeck put them in front with 10 minutes gone. Alexis Sanchez on that right hand side. Alexis for Ozil. Alexis once again. Danny Welbeck goes inside the penalty area. It's Welbeck around the keeper and scores. Brilliant finish. Arsenal have the advantage here in the seventh minute. Danny Welbeck on the score sheet. Brilliant approach play from the Gunners. Patient build up after. Initially a good break over on the left-hand side, but the Gunners managed to recycle, and eventually when Ozil was through on the right-hand side, he involved Alexis, and a brilliant ball towards Danny Welbeck, who showed real composure inside the penalty area, certainly onside to dance beyond Robles and from a tightish angle. That was Danny's fourth goal since his return from injury, and he's certainly making up for lost time in the run-in to the end of the season. But the Gunners were not finished there and doubled their lead three minutes before the break. It will be, but his clearance only finds Funes Mori. Maybe Hector Bering can do a little bit better. He can over the top for Alex Awobi coming forward on the right-hand side. He's still Awobi inside the area. Brilliant! Absolutely brilliant from Alex Awobi. Arsenal have got a second, a first Premier League start and a first ever goal in Gunners' senior colours for Alex Awobi. Wonderful moment for Alex Awobi, richly deserved. He's played really, really well again. Bellerin set it up, the birthday boy for the ball over the top and Awobi could have squared to Ozil, chose to go alone, held off the defender and he slams it into the net, 2-0 to Arsenal. That goal followed up a very impressive performance from Alex in the 3-1 defeat at the Camp Nou last week. And after the game, Arsene Wenger was full of praise for his latest academy graduate. I personally uh, rate him, you know, to throw him in the game like I did on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, means I have a great belief in his qualities. I, I think uh, he has a good 
he's a creative player. He's uh, an intelligent player. He has a strong team attitude and uh, good humility. What uh, 19 years of age is a very important quality. And uh, so overall, I think he can go very far. I'm a bit cautious because I do not want to make stars of players who have played two games. But uh, personally, I believe he has a big talent. The boss also gave his thoughts on the title race. To finish well our season and after see what's happening in the next season. But at the moment, I'm completely just focused on, uh, on uh, immediate. We are just moved out of the FA Cup and uh, of the Champions League, so it's important. But uh, we give absolutely 100% to finish well in the Premier League and uh, to be in the fight until the end. No, I think things will change until the end of the season, that's for sure. But uh, we have to take care of our own destiny and that's only one way to do that, is uh, by producing the performances that people expect from us and that we expect from ourselves. The win was the perfect tonic for what had been a difficult couple of weeks for the Gunners and will hopefully be the launch pad for a final push to the end of the Premier League campaign. That's the final word on the weekend's action and next we'll speak to one of those goal scorers, Alex Iwobi. As we've just been hearing, Alex Iwobi scored his first goal for the senior team against Everton at the weekend, and he's the latest Arsenal Academy starlet to graduate to the Arsenal first-team squad. He spoke with the Arsenal Weekly podcast producer Liam Roberts about his integration into the first-team setup. So at the start of the season, obviously you played in the Emirates Cup. Um, did you think you'd be playing as much as you actually got, got around to...? Uh, honestly, no. I thought... After Emirates Cup, I was going to go and learn and probably prove myself with men's football out on loan. But I stayed. The boss had faith in me. I played a few matches. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you think? Um. So, do you speak to Dan Crowley and Tubes and yeah. guys? Just um. So you saw them go out on loan. Obviously, they're playing week in week out. You stayed here, kind of. That came up to the first team squad, started training with them. What do you reckon the difference is, kind of, between playing every week at maybe a lower standard or training with the likes of Alexis and Urza? Um, with Going out and learn this men's football, so you have to win all the time, anything to win, kind of that mentality. But so you learn things quicker on loan. But when you're playing with world class players, training with them every day, you become a better footballer for me, in my opinion. You learn a lot more training with the likes of Lozo and Sanchez. Yeah. Um, when you got that call, when you, I know it was just, was it just after Christmas where it was, you're officially in the first team squad yeah. now, so you kind of go in from the youth team change moves a bit. Uh, do you remember what that when you found out that kind of that moment? Um, I found out before an away game, okay. and the boss said you by next week you would have moved into the first team dressing room. I was like, oh wow! I just at first I just said thank you, but inside I was just buzzing. You don't want to don't want to make it. Yeah, just trying to make it cool. And you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, we say so I know the first team um, when like a new player joins, they have to do the initiation song. Did you? Did they make you do oh, that? Oh no! It's when you. The first away game, okay. you have to stand up on the chair. I've already done that. Okay, what, was, what song? Uh, Mario, Just a Friend. Okay, how did it go down? Was it? Uh... Uh, there was three of us. Okay. I was the worst. Okay. Like <laughs> um, so the likes of Jack and Francis and Hector last um, few seasons, you've seen Hector come through last season as mm -hmm. well. Um, do you speak to them guys about kind of making that jump? As... Yeah, 
they they say they have deserved it that it's there comes a lot of hard work and that they just advise me with a few things but more time they're trying to keep me cool and relaxed and level-headed cool and um, has anyone kind of taken you under their wing like in the change rooms like, who do you sit next to in change rooms now is it um i sit near hector okay. and robs they normally talk to me the most probably robs the most yeah walsh has been having a, f- a bit of banter with me recently so yeah so once he gets back uh, fit and in the change room all the time, that's uh, that's the area of the change room to look out for, is that? Yeah, basically. Yeah. And looking ahead next season now, do you, um, have you got a plan already? Who, what's that kind of process like? Thinking going into next season, obviously you talk to the bus about would it be going out loan? Will you be sticking around here? Um, have you had those conversations yet, or is that no, more I, about? I haven't had those conversations yet, but I just want to play as much football as I can. That's the aim for next season. Arguna of the Month for March comes all the way from the city of Vancouver on Canada's west coast. And I'm delighted to say it's Aaron Kapoor. Aaron, a very good warm welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast and uh, congratulations. Thank you very much. I appreciate you guys having me on. (laughs) Now, this all ties in very well, doesn't it, with the job that you do all the way over there with the time difference. Actually, you uh, manage all of this and you're following of the club quite effectively. Yeah, Works out very well. Uh, working nights, I'm able to come home Saturday, Sunday mornings, and watch all the games. Do you ever get a little bit sort of tired and weary, or are you pretty much pumped up with your love of the club that you can power through these matches at the end of your day effectively? Oh, I'm I'm always pumped up. So <laughs> it's all good. Tell us a little bit first of all, then Aaron, if you can, how you got into Arsenal. Why did you become an Arsenal fan? Well, uh, my father, he is from India, and uh, he came over from India in the mid-'80s or so. And back around the 2002 World Cup, my grandmother had taken a trip to Germany to see some family members. And uh, when she came back, she had some gifts, and uh, she got me an Arsenal shirt and an Arsenal hat. And at the time, watching the World Cup, I had really started getting into football. So uh, watching players like Thierry Henry play in the World Cup and then being able to watch the sporadic Arsenal match here or there really got me into uh, Arsenal. And I guess I didn't start following him really strongly until about six to seven years ago when I learned my cousin and a couple of my other friends were into English football as well. So it's been a nice five, six years being able to actually chat with somebody about Arsenal and how things are going. (laughs) And what clubs do they support, dare I ask? Uh, One of my friends is another Gunner. Good, good. And my cousin is a Manchester City fan. I see, I see. So some lively debate, which is what we like to hear all about. Um, just tell us a little bit then about, you've mentioned those two, but the kind of Arsenal supporting nucleus, the base in Vancouver, and I guess maybe even in Canada in general. Uh, there's a pretty decent following. Uh, I'm actually in uh, South Dakota in the US right now. Uh, was here for school. So uh, there's not too much. Uh, out here for 
football fan. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, but definitely the sport's growing. There's fan bases growing everywhere. So things are looking up, that's for sure. So tell us a little bit more about your love of Arsenal. We'll ask you first of all, Aaron, have you ever had the chance to come over and watch a game at the Emirates Stadium yet? I have not. It's one of my dreams and hopefully I can make it out there sometime soon. Any plans afoot? Any cheeky ways you can organise a trip over here for business or for, for pleasure? Or Well, uh, one of the guys that works for me, he's actually from Sheffield. Um, so hopefully when he ends up moving back to England, I can make a trip out there to see him. Um, also, I know me and my cousin are planning on going at some point to see uh, Manchester City and Arsenal both play. So eventually... Uh, we're working on it. That sounds like a very, very good trip, and it'll be very, very sweet when it finally happens, I'm sure, having to wait for all of these years, Aaron. Um, what about your favourite current Arsenal player? Uh, current? Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty divided between Theo Walcott and uh, Hector Bellerin. Interesting, interesting. One of whom has obviously really continued to explode onto the scene this year in Bellerin, and then Theo is kind of a little bit more of an established one, isn't he? Is that is that kind of why you've got the two that you're kind of fighting between? Yeah, and I just like the play style as well. Both players, both of them have the explosive speed that they can get through a hole in the defence if they get the opportunity. Bellerin coming up from uh, fullback to you know, get into the offense. It's a really nice style of play. And I guess me, I'm 24, so it's the younger players, I guess. So. <laughs> um, what about your favorite Arsenal moment from the years that you've been following them? Uh, recently, I suppose, uh, Theo Walcott's volley and last year's champions, uh, not champions, excuse me, FA Cup. Uh, one of my favorite goals that I've seen, and honestly, about all of Gary Henry's goals, <laughs> everything about him and uh, his time with Arsenal. And what is, would you say, the best thing about being an Arsenal supporter? What makes you guys or you sort of different? Uh, just the fact that Arsenal's always at the top of the table in that top four or so, and you know, unless you're a United supporter or something along the lines of that, no other fan can really say that, you know, on a consistent basis. And it's just a wide expanse that Arsenal fans cover with every single continent. So it's just a great feeling to be a part of that. Yeah, we've had a real sense on the podcast, actually, of that international community with, with listeners getting in touch or joining us from, from all parts of the world. And I suppose as I let you go, that is one of the best things, isn't it? It's this kind of global community that, that Arsenal, but also the Premier League as a whole, has, has kind of managed to build up in recent years. And hopefully that will continue to go from strength to strength. Oh, absolutely. Nice to have many people to talk about Arsenal with here at home, so... Well, let's hope that the success continues on the field. And Aaron Kapoor, thank you very much for joining us all the way from North America. It's uh, March's Guna of the Month. And once again, our congratulations to you, my friend. All the best. All right. Thanks again for having me on. 
So if you'd like to be like Aaron and be in with a chance of being our Guna of the Month for April, email the following address, please. It's arsenalweekly at arsenal.co.uk. It's now half-time in this week's show, and so it's time for another history lesson. And it's Adams put through by Bold. Would you believe it? Or Charlie George, who can hit him. It's up for grabs now! Thomas! Right at the end! On the 23rd of March, the year 2000, Ray Parler scored a hat-trick as Arsenal beat Werder Bremen 4-2 in the second leg of the quarter-finals of the UEFA Cup. Done it. Here's Parler. It's bending, it's in! It's Ray Parler's first goal in European club football. What a time to get it. And my goodness me, what a way to get it. And Parler is looking for more here. And he's got more. Off the same post. And Arsenal have come here to Germany tonight. And they now lead by 2-0 here, 4-0 on aggregate. Kanu, Parler's on the move, and he's onside. He's never scored a hat-trick for Arsenal, they'll never have a better chance, he's got it! This is Ray Parler's party. To score one or two goals in the game is fantastic. To score three and never been done it before was even more special, you know, and uh, I've got the match ball, so I took that home. Uh, so I'll keep that and treasure that for the rest of my life, probably, you know. Parler, nicknamed the Romford Pele by Gunners fans, was part of two double-winning squads and scored a spectacular opening goal against Chelsea in the 2002 FA Cup final. Here's sports writer Sue Mott and Tom Watt talking about Ray after he was voted Arsenal's 19th greatest player of all time. I guess if you had to pick out one quality in, in Parler's game suit, it would be, for all his technical ability, it would be energy. I mean, here's a fellow who, who Arsene Wenger would play in central midfield alongside Patrick Vieira, 70 minutes up on the clock, just when everybody else is getting tired. He'd bring someone else to play on in, in central midfield and say to Ray, you spend the last 20 minutes running up and down the right wing. I mean, the fellow would just would run all day in an Arsenal shirt. I know, it's a bit odd to talk about his intelligence, but what he worked out... I mean, this is the guy, after all, who we know had all sorts of wonderful disciplinary escapades off the pitch. Don't mention pizza parlours or fire extinguishers. But uh, he had the intelligence, or at least Wenger told him to have the intelligence, to work. You haven't got their skill, you haven't got their French accent, but what you've got to do is go out and prove that if you run all day and night, A, the team will, you know, love you, but more importantly, so will the fans. And I'm sure that's why he's made his way so far up this list. It's incredible in skill terms, but people remember someone who gave out for the club. In total, Ray played 466 times for the Arsenal, scoring 32 goals in the process before leaving for Middlesbrough in the summer of 2004. We'll have another history lesson next week, but from one Arsenal legend to another, let's speak to Faye White. Faye White played 300 times for Arsenal ladies and a further 90 times for the England national side. She's currently the marketing officer for the ladies team and sat down with Arsenal media's Max Jones to talk about her legendary career and also the development of the ladies game. I was about 17, I think, 17, nearly 18, when I 
kind of come and had a look round at Highbury and Vic um, met up with him, I actually met up with him, we always, we always said about it, met up at a McDonald's near where I lived to actually talk first initially and then invite me yeah. up to Highbury and I was walking in parked underneath like you do and then you go up to a room and you open the door and there was Highbury, it was a box at Highbury yeah. and from that moment on I was like wow, I'm signing in because obviously I knew that Arsenal was the biggest women's club. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Then, um, even more so than it is now, um, uh, they were always winning and doing well. So Croydon, I think, was also interested. And then, of course, you went from strength to strength. You went on to become Arsenal's captain and also England's captain as well for a decade, I, th- yeah. I think. So yeah, what, no. what was it like to you know, lead out your country and also your club as well? Um, well, I think country come before club, actually, because obviously Sean Williams was ca- captain at the time and she'd been for about 10, or 10 years or so as well. And um, I think it was in 2001 when, um, about a couple of months before... I actually was the captain. Hope pulled me aside and said, it was at Selhurst Park, we had a game. I can't remember who it was against, but we were going out to play and looking at the pitch just before we got dressed and everything. And she pulled me aside and said, um, I want you. To, I think you're going to be the next England captain. I want you to prove it to me over the next few weeks, months. And you can imagine I just went <laughs> like that. And I was like, oh my God, I think I had the best game ever. Obviously in that game, um, it was like on pure adrenaline. But... Um, yeah, and then I think it was against Iceland, a game that um, was when I was first captain, because Kaz Walker at that time, she was captain for a little bit and then she you know, stepped down and retired and she gave me the armband. And then a few weeks, I think it was later, then Vic decided to make that change too. And yeah, that was, he told me again before, and it was hard to keep quiet before, and everyone was speculating, who's it going to be? And I was like, well, I already know it's me, but I can't, I'm not going to say anything, obviously. And you know, I didn't to anyone. I kept it to myself until he obviously announced it. So it was, you know, unbelievable at that time. So it's not, nothing that I really, want, you know, thought when I get into football, this, I want to be this. I didn't strive it. I'm quite quiet around the group. It's not like I'm the most vocal off the pitch, but um, certainly on it, I obviously was, was, they thought was a good choice. So obviously it helps when you're at the position at centre-half as well. 
Um, but uh, yeah, as a, it was a learning curve, big learning curve over the years, but it was obviously really proud because once I knew there was a women's football, Arsenal were always the best team. So obviously to be captain, be captain for over 10 years, it was hard. There was times when it was really hard, <laughs> both at club and country and through injuries and having to get myself back in the team and, um, you know, different characters within the team and everything. But it drove me on and I just wanted to do my talking on the picture and just, you know, I was, enjoy it for as long as I was allowed to be not only a player for the team, but also the captain. So. You retired a few years ago now, but since that time, have you noticed an improvement in the standard of ladies football here? Maybe the facilities, especially with Arsenal? Um, yeah, I think obviously the last three, four years, five years maybe that I've stopped playing, but um, 2011 was my last year, but um, yeah, no, I, obviously we, I've experienced playing on our pitches and, and uh, having good medical care through my injuries and everything. I could never complain about that. I think it's just more often now. It's um, and obviously this place, this new bit, is a little bit more, you know, specified to the girls and having their own little place, which is great. Um, but no, I think it's just the more how often because I used to have to go and get up at six, go to the gym and do my session, then come here to work. Mm. And um, although I was still around it, we still had jobs off the field um, to do. Whereas the girls now obviously don't have to worry about that. Um, and yeah, I would train twice a week. And the rest of the time I would do fitness and work and I'd be training like a full-time athlete, but a lot of time on my own, you know, in a gym on my own or out on the field, running around cones, dribbling, doing mm. on days where we weren't together as a group. Um, but. I had access to good gyms and obviously the access here, um, but obviously it's just the, the fact that they can do it now all together as a yeah, team yeah. Um, and it's a lot more monitored, um, that, that, that's the biggest difference really and obviously it's a good um, increase for to allow the game to improve because it's that's, you know, more often you're playing and with actual football at your feet, the better you're going to be. So. Mm. And what do you think the next stage is for development of the women's game in this country? Well, I think like the support off the field support, like in physio, nutrition, exercise scientists, that kind of for the player is um, is starting to get you know to a professional level and every day and like I said. But I think the biggest thing for the game to grow is obviously that coverage. Um, my whole career as captain was banging on about needing more coverage and needing more people to come out and support the teams and that's slowly growing but I think we just need to graduate you know day when we can say even 5,000 is a regular crowd you know something like that would mm. be I don't think it'll ever get to massive stadiums um, well not, not that it will never but I think this, this kind of fan base of Women's football will be very different to the men. Arsenal ladies open their WSL campaign at home to Reading on Wednesday evening. Tickets are available now and it's a 7.45pm kickoff. Alex Scott will certainly be hoping to be in the ladies' team for that game against Reading on Wednesday, and I'm delighted to say that she now joins us on the Arsenal Weekly podcast. Alex, hello, great to have you on. How are Hi. you? Thank you for having me. I'm good, thank you. Good. Well, we've just been hearing from Faye White, who's been telling us about the new ladies' hub. So yeah. I'm just wondering if you could begin, perhaps, just telling us about some of the differences and how that's helped the ladies' team so far. Oh, geez, yeah. From when I started playing for Arsenal when I was eight, we've been such on a transition. 
And it's amazing to see where we are at the moment to going from training twice a week to then trying to push to semi-professional levels to now actually having our own hub and um, own little room at the training ground. And like you said, it does make such a difference because we just feel as one. It's not Arsenal ladies, but we're Arsenal football club. I've obviously been up there many times in years gone by for media conferences and so on. So I know the general layout, but just tell us a little bit about, about what it's like and some of the facilities and so on. Yeah, so basically we walk in every morning. We've got a whole area where we can, you know, we've got our TV, our um, TV making machines, that sort of thing, and somewhere like a base where we can just hang out and have conversations and have that family element. And then you have our locker room, you know, the offices where all the Arsenal ladies staff are working to, you know, get content out there and get Arsenal ladies' name out there more. But it's just it's a nice feeling when you walk into the hub. You know, it's Arsenal's values, core values, is being as, as one and being a family which is it really emphasizes that and hopefully that will clearly grow from strength to strength as time goes on with this great new facility and of course since it's been up you've already been in action in the women's fa cup and yeah. uh, beating <laughs> birmingham city on penalties and through to the quarters yeah and when you look at the overall performance you know we've had such a great pre-season so to get through on penalties is what, what we're not hoping for but the main thing is that we won and we're through to the next round but you know we'll be looking ahead to Wednesday's game now against Reading and a much bigger improved performance. So the cup is obviously an important tournament for Arsenal last one yeah. I think 2014 if memory serves yeah. um, Continental Cup of course you won again last season so the silverware has been racking up but the league I suppose Alex has got to be a real focus for that next step would that be fair? It is, and you know, it's such a cliche when they say your league is your bread and butter, but you win the league, you are the best team in, you know, in your division. So that's the one that we won. And like you said, the FA Cup is special because it's being held at Wembley again this year, which is massive for the women's game. But, you know, we are eyes on the league. And how do you see this domestic league season shaping up with the progress we have seen? And I presume one or two changes in personnel as well? Yeah, we've made some fantastic signings and I'm really excited for this group of players that we have because I honestly believe with this year, with the group of players that we have, we can challenge for the league and other titles. But it's going to be really competitive because other teams have done the same. You know, the investment in the women's game has taken it to the highest level they've ever been at. But that's what we want in this country. We want it to be competitive and we want our league to be the best in the world. And you would basically say to any fans who perhaps haven't sampled or tried it yet, get involved and this would be the season to maybe start seeing some, some women's football? Oh, most definitely. Come down to Boreham Wood and support us. You know, we need all the support we can get, but it's such a great atmosphere when you come down and support us and it kind of has that family feel about it. You know, we stay behind, we sign autographs for the family and the youngsters that come out and support us. So, yeah, come down and see some great football on display as well. As we mentioned before, 7.45 Wednesday night against Reading. So, best of luck to Arsenal ladies there. Um, while you're with us, Alex, let's just move things on a little bit. And, and perhaps if you can tell us, first of all, about your recent trip to Iraq with the Arsenal yeah. soccer schools. I mean, I love all these grassroots things that, that footballers mm-hmm. and sport generally does and giving back to the community and to the world. And, and this sounds amazing. Oh, it truly was. It was an amazing and inspiring trip to Iraq. And like you said, Arsenal have been doing this sort of stuff over the years, for years, in the local community. But it was a chance to partner with Save the Children and take this sort of thing on a global scale. And me just going over there, it showed me the impact that we're having, you know, on these children, these displaced children that really don't have nothing. They're placed in the middle of nowhere, but football, it's given them hope and dreams. And it was amazing to see. 
and we perhaps don't always do we realise, as you say, the impacts and, and the role that sports stars and, and footballers can have for the good. Yeah, and I think that's what was the message that I took home. You know, for me, just being there and giving my time, you know, impacted on these children's lives and it will be a memory that will live for me and for them forever. And, you know, that sort of thing is huge. So sometimes it's not about, it's about the small gestures. We know we can't change everything and do everything for everyone, but sometimes small gestures have the most impact on people. And you're a busy lady not just doing that off the field, but also uh, we've seen you, I believe, in Bear Grylls Mission <laughs> Survival Show. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm not going to lie, I don't know a huge amount about this, so tell me a bit more. Uh, no, it's, you know, it's a huge mainstream programme, so to even be asked to do that is great for Arsenal Football Club, me and for women's football, so it's an opportunity I couldn't turn down. But, yeah, basically I'm out there surviving in the wild. Every week a person gets voted off the show, so at the moment I'm still in and doing well, so I hope everyone's rooting for me. Oh my God, so when you say surviving in the wild, tell yeah. me one or two of the things you've had to oh. do. We are actually surviving, like, campfires every night. Um, we have to do certain missions um, where we're climbing from clifftop to clifftop, going through snake-invested waters, you know, trying to get to the other side. And it's really weird because we're with seven other celebrities as well. So it's not just about surviving, but it's how you survive with different personalities and, you know, making sure you all don't clash and work with the team still. My goodness, so from snake-infested waters yeah. to reading at home at Boreham Wood, yeah. it is <laughs> quite a life of transition for Alex Scott, who joins us here on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Yeah. Thanks for your time, mate. Great to have you on. Oh, thank you for having me. There's no game for us to preview this week due to the international break, but that does not mean that we're going to be giving our own Adrian Clark the week off. So Clark has joined us now to help us go through some of the best and some of the worst from the season so far. Clarkie, thank you for coming back in on what could have been a rest day, but we, we really appreciate it. How are you? Not a problem. No, no rest for the wicked. That's what they say, isn't it? Back, I hope, is better by now. <laughs> yeah, it's fine now. Thank good, you. Good, good. <laughs> well, it's good to hear. Um, much to go through in this little segment where we take stock of what have been some of the highlights and, dare I say, the odd low light mm -hmm. of the campaign so far. We'll start, I think, with your best Arsenal goal scored this season. Yeah, that is a... Oh, you put me on the spot there. There's been a few good ones, I've got to say. Um, recently, I did like Joel Campbell's finish. I thought that was a really classy finish on the slide against Swansea. But the one that stands out is Alexis against Manchester United. The sweeping move from right to left, and then he cuts inside, doesn't he? The right back, and then just thumps it into the top corner. That was a beauty, and it, it really took the roof off of Emirates Stadium. So that, that was a definite highlight, yeah. Class goal. On a slightly different note, what would you say is the worst goal that Arsenal have conceded oh, so dear, far? Oh, dear, oh, dear. Um, there have been a number, haven't there? Um, I think set pieces have been particularly frustrating. One that really irked me was the one at Chelsea, where um, Kurt Zuma snuck in at the far post. Um, Arsenal weren't set for that free kick very properly. Mm. And at the last minute, they decided to, to put Francis Coquelin, I think it was, over or one of the players, over to mark Kurt, Kurt Zuma. But it was too late. It was way too late. They weren't ready for it. And Chelsea got the breakthrough in a game that I thought Arsenal were performing pretty well in. And there was no coming back from that, obviously, after the, after the red cards that the Gunners suffered. 
We saw similar goals against West Ham, West Brom, Sheffield Wednesday. Slackness from set pieces has been a real bugbear this season. Mm. Let's hope that improves as soon as possible. Um, back to a positive, what mm. would you say has been Arsenal's best performance of the campaign? Uh -huh. That's an easy one. I think uh, it is the Manchester United game at home. The, the way they set about the match, um, front foot, first 20, 25 minutes, it was just sensational. They would have beaten anyone that day. Honestly, they would have beaten anybody. They blew Manchester United away. And I just wish that they'd start more matches with that kind of tempo and that kind of buzz because they, they are capable, this Arsenal team, of, of tearing opposition teams apart, especially here at Emirates Stadium. We've been a bit tentative, I think, and allowed opposition sides to, to get a foothold in games, and, and that has been an issue, especially recently. So, yeah, the Manchester United game was, was brilliant. The Bayern Munich, in a different sense, was up there too because the resilience we showed that night was outstanding. OK, Clarky, thanks for your thoughts on that. Again, to the flip side, I'm mm. afraid, what would you say has been Arsenal's worst? Oh, um, <laughs> I like to kind of eradicate these from my memory, don't but unfortunately we can't. Um, Southampton away was, was a really bad one. I, th I don't think there were any redeeming features to that performance. 4-0, in truth, it could have been worse. And the second worst would, would have to be Man United away because... Man United are poor this year and they weren't playing well. They were there for the taking at Old Trafford and unfortunately Arsenal just weren't at it and they gave away some sloppy goals and never really got going. So, so yeah, those two stand out. But Southampton away takes some beating. Who would you say is Arsenal's most improved player this season? Oh, that's a, that is a good question. Um, I think you would have to say Hector Bellerin is, is up there because we didn't expect too much of him this year. We didn't know if he would um, develop in the way that he has and, and nail down a regular first-team berth. He's done that and then some, hasn't he? There's still room for more improvement. Obviously, he's a young player, not absolutely perfect, but he's come on in leaps and bounds, I've got to say. So, yeah, he's the standout. That would agree with that. I think uh, Bellerin is a very, very good shout in that particular department, Clarkie. We'll move on next, if we can, please, to your Arsenal unsung hero. Unsung hero? I... Ooh, um, well, I, before I get to the person that I think probably deserves it, a special mention for Danny Welbeck, because... While he was out of the team and injured, he became a bit of a forgotten man. And I believe that, myself included, but most of us, probably underestimated his influence on this Arsenal team and what he brings to the table. So I think we've seen in the last couple of months what a quality centre-forward or forward player Danny Welbeck is. So he is an unsung hero, without a shadow of a doubt. But it has to be Nacho Monreal because he is an unfussy type. He doesn't get a lot of attention. But he goes about his business very, very efficiently mm. and he's hardly had a bad game. He, he's been superb. I think up until the last month or so, he'd got the better of pretty much everybody he'd come up against in a really understated kind of way. Mm. He's had a slight dip. Kieran Gibbs has come, has come in and, and, and shone to some degree. But Nacho Monreal is, is the most underrated player at Arsenal, no doubt. And who would be your player of the year on the evidence of the first three quarters of the season approaching? You can't look outside of Mesut Ozil. I would say Petr Cech has had, a, has had a storming first season. I think there have been one or two mistakes. Every keeper makes mistakes, but he has saved a lot of points for the Gunners this year. So he's been a sensational signing who will continue to shine. But 
the king of the assist has stepped up to the plate this year. Even when Arsenal have struggled, what I've liked about Meza this season is that his chin hasn't dropped. He's carried on. He's looked to make things happen. He's taken on the responsibility of being the main man for this team. And by and large, he's delivered. He can't do it every single week. But he's done it an awful lot of times this season. So Mesut Ozil, I think, hands down, actually, is Arsenal's player of the year. Clarky, I think few would disagree with that assessment. And as ever, my friend, thank you very much indeed for coming back on to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Yep. A weekly pleasure. Yeah, top man. It's always fun. That's full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Alex Iwobi, Faye White, Alex Scott, Adrian Clark, and to our Guna of the Month, Aaron Kapoor. And if you'd like to be with a chance of being our Guna of the Month for April, then email your details to arsenalweekly at arsenal.co.uk. We'll be back on Monday, the 28th of March, for an Easter special of the podcast. And until then, it's bye for now. And come on, you gunners. Thanks for listening, and remember you can subscribe to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast on iTunes or listen to a new show every Monday on arsenal.com and SoundCloud. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.